a couple of weeks ago, I got an Instagram DM from someone who wanted to tell me their story. Now, I freaking read all of my Instagram DMs. Sometimes that's not healthy for me. But usually, usually it is from listeners who have really interesting things to say. And this was no different. I'm just going to read you a little bit of it. Hi, Joe. I'm jumping into the Tradwife conversation a bit late, but I just had to share my thoughts because I am a former Tradwife. I was raised in a conservative Christian community, and the messaging that I got was that to be a wife and a mother was the ultimate fulfillment of life as a woman. My ex-husband, spoiler alert, and I started dating when I was 17 and he was 27. I was engaged by the time I was 19, and we got married when I was 20 and he was almost 30. I intended on getting a college education, but dropped out during my first semester after multiple conversations that I had with him where he told me I wasn't going to need a college education to raise babies. My ex-husband and I fell into traditional roles. As the years went by, his covert abuse became more and more difficult to live with, and eventually I wanted to leave. But how could I? I was almost 40, with no education and 17 years out of the workforce. He liked to tell me that I wouldn't ever get a job beyond minimum wage at a fast food restaurant. I worry for women who want out but can't. When I asked for a divorce, he drained our accounts, changed the locks on the home we owned together, and left me with literally nothing. It hasn't been pretty, but I'm recovering and I know that I'll be okay. But God, I'm really sorry about the women who want out but can't leave. Wow. Wow. Today's episode is a conversation with this woman. We are keeping her name anonymous because she doesn't want it out there because she never wants her daughters to feel like she didn't enjoy raising them, that that, that time wasn't worthy because she loved spending that time with her daughters. That's not what this is about. This is more of a warning, more advice for women who think that they don't need their own agency or they don't need their own money in a marriage. Again, it is amazing to stay home with your kids, to take care of your home, but everyone needs financial independence because if we've learned anything, it's that a man is not the plan. And this story is about exactly that. So my ex-husband and I, we met when I was 17. I was in uh, my senior year of high school. He was just about 10 years older than I was. So he had already graduated high school, done the whole college experience, um, had gotten some you know, additional certificates after he had his four-year degree. And we started dating. Um, things got serious. And I... I had a plan for my life after high school. I had already been accepted to a state school. I was working with a local author as a publicist for her, and she was kind of showing me the ropes of that. And that was going to be my plan. I was going to get my degree in publicity and marketing. And I was really excited for kind of my future. 
but we got serious in our relationship and I graduated high school. I started at this uh, state school and the conversations began with him logically questioning why I would be going into debt for this degree if we were going to get married and have kids and I was going to stay at home with our kids. I would not be using the degree and instead I would just be burdening him with my school debt. And so um, I, it made logical sense to me at the time I dropped out of school. Uh, we got married when I was 20. Of course, it made logical sense. You were young. And I'm trying to think about myself as a, essentially a teenager. Um, when we're young, we're also very easily swayed. And he was a grown, grown up human being <laughs> who had already gotten gotten the education and things that he wanted and needed in the world. Exactly. Exactly. And because we had this age difference, you know, I think that there was a power dynamic there, but there was also just, I, I guess, a level of reverence that I had for him. He knew, he knew better. And so I um, dropped out of school. I had my first baby when I was 23. I was out of the workforce for just about 17 years. I, I, and I had another baby. So we had two kids. And throughout our marriage, we took on very traditional roles. I didn't know of the the phrase trad wife. I didn't know that that was a thing until I heard your first podcast about it. And I just, my jaw just dropped because I was like, this was me. I didn't even know. Now, with the exception of the dresses, because mm. my role as a traditional wife and mom was just to disappear and blend into the background. Right. So right. there wasn't that type of mm -hmm. care in my appearance. Right. Right. And, and you say that your role was to disappear into the background. What do you mean by that? I think it goes further than saying that my needs were not met. It was that my needs were not expressed. I didn't even recognize my own need, um, much less express them to him or the family. Um, my role was to keep the household running and basically give him the life that he wanted. He could come and go as he pleased. He traveled a lot for work. He never had to worry about the kids' education. He never had to worry about driving them to events. Uh, he never had to worry about taking them to doctor's appointments. I mean, he could sleep in. Most most weekdays, he would sleep in. Um, and he just got to live his ideal life knowing that he had a wife at home that was taking care of everything. Everything. Right. Everything. Right. Uh, which is so much labor, so much unrecognized, unrespected labor. How did you feel during this time? Did And did you ever question it? It's really complicated, and I'm still trying to understand it myself, because when I look back on that time with my kids, 
I would not change it. I loved spending that time with my kids. Yeah. Um, And that's the complicated part, right? Like, it's amazing to be able to spend that kind of time and energy and just just quality, quality moments with your kids, right? Like, I, I mean, it's also hard. It's also, mm-hmm. you know, for, for some new, in, in hindsight, it's even nicer, I'll say. But yeah, like that part of it is amazing. But then there's the other parts of it that maybe aren't so amazing. Exactly, exactly. I, I started when, when my kids were maybe mm, five and one, I, I started having dreams and desires to maybe explore a different facet of who I could be outside of this traditional role in wife and mother. Uh, I started, you know, just thinking about different possibilities of maybe I could go back to school. Maybe I could get a certificate in something. Maybe I could have a a part-time job. And that was completely shot down by my ex-husband. He was absolutely not. It doesn't make sense for us to go into debt. At one point, I wanted to do this physical therapy assistant. It was going to cost $10,000. And it wasn't that we didn't have the money. We absolutely had the money, but because it wasn't a priority for him, it, it just, it didn't, he explained it didn't make sense. We shouldn't spend this money on my education because he would say he makes the money for the family. And so we need to make sure we're prioritizing his career because he's the one that puts food on the table. So multiple ideas that I had for wanting to go back to school, even just to get my two-year degree or a certificate in something, it was always a no. And I wonder now if it was about the money or I wonder if he realized that by keeping me uneducated and out of the workforce Mm -hmm. with no experience, I was stuck. Right. Right. Because it's power. It is power to be the one who controls the money in a relationship. I mean, make no mistake, right? So he, he did maintain control over you and the family when he was the only one who was even able to earn, right? Exactly. Exactly. I remember early in our marriage, you know, I read a lot of the traditional wife books and I listened to a lot of Dr. Laura. And I remember Dr. Laura had said at one point something about being a single mom in a dumpy apartment. Mm-hmm. And that is as I started to explore this idea of, I don't think I can stay in this marriage. Uh, I don't think I will survive this marriage. If I stay in this marriage, I would always come back to that dumpy apartment. And is that's my future. And looking at that, and I think that kept me in this marriage for a lot longer than was healthy because right. Right. I was used to a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You were, you were used to a lifestyle and you kept being told that you couldn't do something. And that has an impact on us to be told, oh, no, no, this is not something you should you should be doing. This is not this is not your role here. Right. Exactly. Exactly. He would remind me that I was uneducated and unqualified. Mm -hmm. And he would tell me, 
you would be lucky if you could get a part-time job at a fast food restaurant, which that's, that's noble work, right? But it was just the way that he phrased it. It, it felt really hopeless for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hopeless, hopeless and condescending. And Mm -hmm. you were saddled with so much when you emailed me, you said that he never even got up with the babies at night, not when you were recovering from your C-section or you had raging mastitis. Even reading the word mastitis, my nipples burn. <laughs> they just, it, it, it remember, my muscle memory remembers it so, so deep in my body. Um, and, and he told you he just couldn't do it, right? Right. He said that he made the money and he needed to be rested. And so he... He would sleep as I got up. My my oldest daughter, I love to remind her, she got up every two hours for two years. Yeah, as and they do. As exactly, they do. Mm-hmm. exactly. And even on the weekends. I mean, yeah. it was just... It, they, they don't know it's a weekend. No one told yeah. them. No. no one told them. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. No, no. Um, so, and I, you know, I say this all the time. Not having sleep makes a person feel crazy. Not mm-hmm. having sleep, there is a reason that it is used to torture people because sleep is the the one thing our bodies need to recover, to to work properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so how could you even think straight when that's what you were going through? Exactly, exactly. I have friends that are like, well, you let her get up every two hours for two years. And I was like, I was just too damn tired too to damn even damn. consider any other solution. That right. was the easiest at the time. Right. Yeah. 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 Totally. Exactly. Exactly. And so how long did this go on? How many years did this did this go on? So we were married for 21 years. That is a long ass time. That is. is a long time. I am only at eight. And I'm like, I feel like this has been forever. Yeah. Yeah. It was my entire young adult years. I, you know, we were together for 23. Mm-hmm. And from the time I was 17. And so I feel like in a way he really shaped, you know, those uh, those years where you're growing up and you're building your confidence and you're learning who you are mm-hmm. for all of those years. I he got to mold me and shape me into the woman that he wanted. Right. Right. Yeah. That's a lot of power. That is a lot of power. And so. When did the tide finally change for you? You know, I would say about, we had been through marriage counseling Mm -hmm. uh, our entire marriage. I just knew something was not right. And, um, but during the pandemic, I got a part-time job Mm -hmm. and my kids were home from school. And so how did he feel about that? How did he feel about the part-time job? You know, he was fine with it as long as it didn't affect him. Oh, of course. So the times when it would be like, hey, I have to work this shift. Can you drive this daughter to soccer? It mm-hmm. was like, oh, well, no, I can't. That, that's your job. That's your job. Mm-hmm. And he would say, you know, you you make minimum wage and I make, how you know, however much hundred plus thousand dollars a year, like I should not have to rearrange my schedule to accommodate you and your minimum wage job. 
And I think that it was that job that helped me start to build the confidence in myself. It helped me experience this different facet of who I am Mm -hmm. and what I could experience um, working outside the home. And I really enjoyed it. I really and and that I think that's what started to get the the wheels turning in my head that maybe I wasn't as stuck as I was led to believe I was. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so how did that end up manifesting in in your marriage? You when did you want to leave and could you leave? I wanted to leave year one. Um, I was able to leave shortly, like towards the end of the pandemic. So I had taken that part-time job, which was outside of the home. um, And I had taken that experience and found a great job with a great company that is fully remote. And as I started to work part-time for this company that was fully remote, and they made it clear that They were super happy with my work. They felt like I had a lot of potential for growth. They wanted to see me take on more of a leadership position and take on more hours. I realized, I think I could actually do this. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, and so I did. And so, and so you did, but it, but it wasn't, but it wasn't easy. And we're going to take a quick break here. And when we get back, I want to hear all of your advice for women um, and some of your warnings, too, uh, who are in in a more a much more traditional marriage. Right. Who are completely dependent on their husbands, whose husbands are making all of the decisions, who don't have agency um, about what was really hard for you and what you wish that they knew that you've learned. So we are just, we are really in it with the holidays right now. We're just like, we're, we're in it. And I love the holidays. I am a holiday freak. We just cut down our tree and decorated it last night. And it is magical and glorious. And I'm just so happy that it's here. What I don't love doing, there, doing during the holidays is grocery shopping and meal planning. I don't. I'm just like, it's not my jam. It's not my jam. I want my December to be filled with a lot of couch sitting and hot chocolate, and hot wine drinking, and watching Christmas movies, and not meal planning, and not grocery shopping. And that is where HelloFresh comes in. Yeah, I love these guys. I love them so much. You can say hello to a stress-less holiday season with the help of HelloFresh by skipping the grocery store and saving so much time because they deliver tasty recipes with freshly chopped and ready-to-go ingredients right to your door, right to your door. They make it so easy. My husband cooks it. Sometimes my kids help. It takes away so much thinking, just like the thinking, all of the mental energy that goes into having to decide, having to decide what people will eat is now gone. It's gone. I also like to gift HelloFresh. Yeah, I do. Because my friends don't need another scented candle. They've got like a gazillion scented candles. 
so I like to gift them HelloFresh subscription so they can sit on my couch with me and do nothing. Yeah, yeah, it's nice, right? It's a good idea. HelloFresh has got more than 45 recipes, more than 100 seasonal add-ons. They just make, they make life a lot easier. They've got easy breakfasts to start your morning right, 10-minute lunches. I think you're going to love them. Give them a try. Make your holidays a little less stressy. Do a little bit more nothing by going to HelloFresh.com slash TerryFree, T-E-R-R-Y-F-R-E-E, and use the code TerryFree for free breakfast for life. That is one breakfast item per box while your subscription is active. Free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash TerryFree with the code TerryFree. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit for a reason. Do more nothing this holiday season. That is what I want for you, and that is what I want for me. We are back, and I want to hear... All of your all of your warnings for for women who do put all of their eggs in, say, the basket of only supporting their husband's career and don't have agency or money for themselves. It, it's a dangerous place to be because, like you said, Joe, it's very it's a valid point that what if your husband leaves you? But it's equally scary is what if you need to leave? And you can't and you feel stuck. Um, things that I wish that I had done, I wish that I had from from the beginning maintained some sort of career path or job. Uh, just that would have helped me with my confidence. That would have, it would have just changed the game. I, it, there wouldn't have been as much of a power dynamic if I had some sort of income coming in um, and also contributing to retirement. I mean, I am now almost 42 years old and the only retirement that I have is the portion of his that I was awarded in the divorce. Mm -hmm. And that's really scary to, to it's going to be really hard for me to catch up. And I don't know if or how I will catch up. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, one of the things that I was really glad is that I did have a credit card in my own name. So I was mm-hmm. building credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the home that we owned was in both of our names. So I was building credit there. So um, smart. But, so smart, yeah. right? Because I've talked to a lot of women who do not have a credit card in their own name, mm-hmm. whose name is not on their house. Mm-hmm. And if your husband goes poof one day, which husbands go poof, mm-hmm. it happens. You literally don't have a credit history. Yeah. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine. Um, I just, I, uh, I wish I had had an account in my own name when he realized that I was seriously leaving, that our marriage was seriously ended. He mm-hmm. drained all of our accounts. They were in all, they were in both of our names. Wow. And he drained everything from our checking account to our, you know, little working monthly savings to our big savings account. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that I had some kind of, 
I mean, that, those accounts, my paycheck was going into those accounts, right? Now, if I had yeah. just had a separate account that my paycheck was going into, and then we worked together as a team in partnership to, you know, pay the different bills or kid expenses, that would have made a huge difference. Huge, right? Absolutely yeah. huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's that's actually how our finances are set up. I'd like to be really transparent about how we do it because I got married so late. I was got married on my 35th birthday and I had all my own money, more money than my husband when we got married. Uh, I insisted on us keeping our own bank accounts. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, cool. This is my money. Uh, so we each have our own bank accounts and then we have the joint bank account, which I really like. Uh, and we each put money into it, but he doesn't have any idea what I do with my money. And that's probably also not healthy. But, you know, that's that's my that's that's my cross to bear. That is my cross to bear. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if I ever get married again, that's going to be how I do it. And Mm -hmm. I just one of the best things for me for being single now is that nobody is looking over my shoulder when I come home with a target. No No one is questioning the Mm -hmm. Amazon boxes on the front porch. And that is so freeing. I just, I, I can't get over, I can't stress enough how freeing it is to have that ownership. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's freedom. It is, it yeah. is freedom and financial independence. Even if you are the, the, the parent staying home, there are ways to be financially independent and to be equal partners when you are a stay-at-home parent. And stay-at-home parenting is so important. You are the CEO of your household. I say it all the time. That is different from trad marriage. That is different from these, these marriages where you have such prescribed and restricting gender roles. It really is. It really is. Exactly. Exactly. And the rules in the, the show that you did uh, the, with Anne Helen Peterson and the rules that were listed, that was my life. That that was my life of cooking only, you know, what what was gonna make him happy. Mm-hmm. We had we had this one time where I was just making spaghetti with like a jarred sauce. And we had two jarred sauces in the pantry. One was like the more expensive, fancier one, you know, maybe nine dollars a bottle and the other mm-hmm. one was three dollars. Yeah. yeah. And the ragu. I love a ragu. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It was the ragu mm-hmm. and the rouse. Yeah, yeah. The rouse, yeah. rouse is so overpriced. I think rouse is now like $15 a jar. And I'm like, I'll take some ragu any day exactly. of the week. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm making this pasta for just, just my kids and I. He wasn't hungry. And I go to open up the rouse and he's like, oh, well, don't use that. That's too expensive. I'm not eating tonight. And it was just that was the approach of our entire life is that we reserved the best of the best for when it benefited him. But if it was just me and the kids, we could take what we would be fine with whatever. With whatever. Yes. With the ragu that is so much better. So exactly. Whatever. He doesn't know that he is missing out. Exactly. Um, Yeah. And I'm just, I was so happy when you emailed me or you DM'd me first and then we talked on email to share your story, because this is the part that we've been missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've spoken with other women who are in more traditional marriages, and they're very happy with them. Uh, but we have not spoken to someone who's gotten out of it and has been on the other side and can say, hey, ladies, this is just this is what I, I'd like you to know. 
this is this is this is what I learned from this. And you're just you're so brave for for doing what you did and, you know, carving out your own life and then for sharing this with other women. I'm so grateful that you reached out to me. Well, thank you so much for just the opportunity to share, you know, as the mom of two daughters, it's really important to me that women and up this, you know, new generation of women that's coming up consider this part. Yeah. Yeah. How do you talk to your daughters about this? Oh, it's hard. Um, you know, they're 18 and 14 mm-hmm. and they have both said that they don't want to have kids. Oh, wow. And okay. I just, I can't help but wonder if it's because the model that they saw in their growing up years was a woman that completely just lost herself and disappeared into the background to raise kids and be a wife. And I hope that they, I hope that shows like yours and just in general, they learn that it doesn't have to be what they experience, that there's different ways of being a wife and a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But my oldest daughter, she's in college. She's already, she's 18, but she already has her two-year degree. Oh my gosh, and I love she's, her. Yeah. I'm like, I tell her all the time, you are better educated than I am. And that's <laughs> one of my goals is like just to get both of them better educated than I am. And if they, whatever they decide to do with their lives, is fine. I'm just so grateful that they have something that nobody can take away from them. And that's an education. It's an education and it's an education and, you know, the knowledge that they can manage their own, their own money. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. You, you, when you emailed me, you said, you know, that you're rebuilding the confidence you've lost and you're wondering if 41 is too late to dream or go back to school. I don't think so. And I'm 43. And I'm like, you know, I was doing this crazy thing the other day because, you know, I'm convinced that AI is going to replace the things that I do in the mm-hmm. world. And I'm like, could I become a commercial pilot? Oh, my gosh. That's Guess what? awesome. Guess what? I could and you could, too. Apparently, there's a commercial pilot shortage. And so the airlines are supplementing pilot training and you don't have to retire till you're 65. That's 20 years of being a commercial pilot. And I'm like, well, then when AI starts hosting this podcast, maybe I will fly your planes, my friends. I love it. I love that. I never considered being a commercial pilot, but I'm going to get off this call and Google it right away because maybe that's my future. Maybe that's your future, (laughs) right? We can be anything. Like we, age is just a number at this point. And I think that we can absolutely reinvent ourselves. And just the fact that you reached out to me to say, hey, I'm going to share this story you, is proof positive that you have the confidence and that you can you can do this. Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Thank you for reaching out to me. I love this conversation. I love this episode. And I just, you know, I want the takeaway to be that you can, we can all choose whatever kind of, you know, role and purpose that we want. We can stay home. We can raise our children. We can go work outside the home. But just having that financial independence and that agency is what matters. And if anyone, a man or a woman, if you have a wife says, no, I don't want you to have agency in your life, then that's abusive. It is. It is. It is. Um, thank you. Thank you so, so much for coming on today, for having this conversation with me, for just, you know, being you. And like I said, hey, 
you can do all the things. Maybe we'll fly together one of these days. I love that idea. Let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) 